0: and welcome to another episode of the ath geeks podcast the podcast where athletes and geeks collide i'm your host adrian and we had another wonderful series to talk about we have another wonderful two wonderful series to talk about if you classify them as wonderful here's my thing after seeing these first two games my I don't know. Um, If Embiid doesn't come back healthy, then I don't know. I don't know. I have the Heat easily getting past and already had the Suns getting past. I'm rooting for the Mavericks, as I've already said. I'm rooting for the Mavericks because so, the Mavericks are obviously closer to me, so I, it'd be easier for me to go to a Mavericks game if they make it to the next round versus a Suns game. So... But after these two first game, game ones, I know it's just game one. I know it's just game one. But what I saw was enough to let me know. There are certain things. If big changes aren't made, it was enough to let me know. The go ahead pack them up. Let's start out with the Heat in 76ers game. So my problem with them is, do y'all remember when we, me and Spells were on here, and we were talking about Doc Rivers. I want y'all to remember what I said about Doc Rivers. He was like, We can't discredit him, something like that. X, Y, and Z. And I said he makes poor rotations. He sticks with lineups too bad. And he's too headstrong. Like he 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 makes he's not he's not he's not a good he doesn't make adjustments. Doc Rivers sold this game. He absolutely sold this game. So, here's the thing. Miami goes up big in the first quarter. Like, they they start off on a nice little run. This is when DeAndre Jordan's on the court, by the way. DeAndre Jordan was a minus 22. DeAndre Jordan was absolutely awful. DeAndre Jordan played 17 minutes contributed 4 points and 2 rebounds. Those 4 points were early in the game. Outside of that, he got 2 rebounds and was just a negative on the court. He literally was non-existent for the rest of the game. What why is DeAndre Jordan on the court and playing quality playoff minutes? Somebody explain to me. Somebody explain to me why DeAndre Jordan is playing significantly more than Paul Reed. Yes, Paul Reed kept getting fouling, and Paul Reed does have that Jared Jackson Jr. effect where he he fouls a lot. However, I'd rather go to Paul Reed early than go to DeAndre Jordan early. Because, like, ha- go with Paul Reed and every t- and when he fouls or gets a foul shot, then you put DeAndre Jordan in, in those those minutes. Or you just stay small the heat went up early in the first quarter and then they pulled Deandre Jordan. They put in Paul Reed. And then even when they pulled out Paul Reed and put Paul Millsap, or even when they went even smaller and putting like court marks or whatever, that's when the 76ers made their run. Next thing you know, the 76ers were up by one going into halftime. It was just like, yo, we pulled Deandre Jordan and this is brand new. Like, like, the defense looks better, the offense looks better, everything looks better on the court. And Doc goes back to DeAndre Jordan. And Doc has already stated despite many complaints from like other analysts, fans, everything, he has decided to stick with DeAndre Jordan. Everyone told Doc, everyone has been saying to Doc that deandre jordan is not it but doc sees a big he says when we play against bigger lineups i'm going with dj and if we go with smaller lineups i'm going with paul reed and it's like all right doc well when you see deandre jordan is literally being useless out there how about we go somewhere else after the game doc said he's sticking with deandre i want doc fired what the heck are you talking about? You want to stick with DeAndre Jordan? Yeah, pack this series up. Pack this series up if Doc Rivers is going to continue to coach this series and not make these proper adjustments. what? Like You're not even setting your team up to succeed. It's like, I know, I know, I know. You know way more about basketball than 90% of the world. 90 probably 95% of the world 95% of the planet you understand the game more than them because not only are you a coach a championship coach you've been coaching for a couple decades now um you also played in the nba with the hawks you were a really good you were you were a solid point guard so you already have the iq there and then you came back and coach so no one's questioning your Intellect. We know you have the IQ, and you're in most times when it comes to basketball, you have one of the highest basketball IQs in the room. However, it's it seems like you're like a rebellious teenager to where you see what you're supposed to do, and everybody's telling you to do one thing, and it's clear that you should do one thing, and you're like, "No, nah, I'm gonna go the other way." And it's like, "But Doc, we could just do this." Mm. See, nah, nah. You shouldn't. Since you're telling me to do this, I'm gonna go the other way, because I'm gonna do what I want to do, not what you tell me to do. And it's like, who cares who idea it was? You, you know, this is the correct idea. Like, this is this is the right thing to do. Nah, I'm good on that. But that's enough Doc slander for right now, at least. If episode, if round, Ra- if the next game he still doesn't make the proper adjustment, he looks bad again. I'm, we're gonna have more Doc slander. I'll, I, I, and we're gonna bring spells here. To, to catch this Doc Landers, the rest of the team. I mean, Tobias Harris, he he he's at least he shot. Like he stepped up, he was out there shooting. He dropped twenty seven. He said, "No M B bet. I'm no longer the third, fourth option. I'm the number one option. I'm going out there scoring." Tyrese Maxey went out there. He didn't have the best game, but he was aggressive. I'll give Tyrese Maxey credit because at least he shot. Where's James Harden? Can someone explain to me where James Harden is? Because I didn't see him after the first half. I don't recall seeing him after the first half. After the first half, he looked okay. He looked okay. I was like, mm, I'm going to need him to be a little more aggressive. They've made it known that they want him to be more aggressive. Everybody knows he needs to be more aggressive for them to have a, a chance without Embiid. Harden stands everywhere. We're saying, oh, everybody's going to shut up and stop slandering Harden once he goes out and drops 40 tonight. And we're going to see the old Harden. It's like, "Mm -hmm. mmm. Mmm. 16, 9, and 5. Homie only shot 13 shots. Homie only shot 13 shots? Like, like, what was going on? You don't feel like shooting no more, James? Where you at, James? Come on, James. Nah, I I I need better than that. I I need better. If Harden's going to like not be I'm obviously Harden is not the same Harden in Houston. Everybody keeps asking for that Harden. That has never come Harden's obviously older. He's changed his skill set. He's also dealt with injuries between now and then. He's not the exact same player in anymore. Hence why he wants to take that backseat. He wants to go be a pure point guard and a pure facilitator, which he excels at. He's not trying to be the number one option, go score 30, 40 a night anymore. He doesn't want to do that. That's exhausting. That's draining. However, we're not saying you have to do it every night. You have Joel Embiid coming back. We're just saying give him a fighting chance and give him a chance to come back and have a fighting chance again because we don't know when Embiid's coming back he's indefinite what happens if he doesn't get come back to game four are y'all gonna be down 0-3 when James Hart I mean when Embiid comes back you didn't give him a fighting chance or will you go out there and leave it all online try to drop 40 try to drop 60 try to drop 80 try to just tap in or at least one game, you know how you know when people play, they're not the same anymore, and they have those one big games where you just tap at, tap in and they go back and they flash back to their prime. That's what I need from James Harden. Just give me one game, give me one game, so it's just at least like it's one one or two one when MB comes back, and then y'all have a fighting chance. That's how. It is. And after seeing MB, I didn't realize how bad it was for the 76ers without Embiid on the floor and without Embiid on his team. This is a poorly constructed roster with Embiid off the team. And that's pretty crazy because we already know how he struggles with injuries and to have your roster this bad without him on the team is pretty pissed for. But shout out the Miami Heat. Shout out the Miami Heat. uh, Shout out Tyler Hero, you know, Boy Wonder out there dropping 25 and 7. He showed up. He let them know what it was. Um, Bam. Bam did what he was supposed to. Bam ate 24 and 12. Uh, He only took 10 shots. I remember I was yelling at my TV screen. I wanted Bam to have 30 shots. And the 76 just kept going small or they kept switching. There were so many plays where we had like James Harden or Maxie on Bam and Bam was just chilling he was just setting the screen trying to run their office to it I'm like "Mm." Bam I need you to catch that ball when you see Tyrese Max or James Harden on you go to the block drop step him and dunk on them little boys don't let them put a guard on you yes I know you still shot 80% from the field and you dominated but I need more I need you to go out there and get 40 if they're gonna if they're gonna like, rip their hearts out. If they're going to switch, go out there and rip their hearts out and just destroy them, and then just go ahead and move on. The more aggressive you get is the less aggressive people like Jimmy Butler and everybody else has to be. You're letting them get well-rested for the next series. I need you to go out there and dominate. Especially with no Joel B. you should be dominating every game. I'm talking about you should be getting... 30 and 15, 30 and 16. Easy. Every game. I need that next game, bam. I need that next game from you. Um, you played phenomenal today. Or last night, I should say. You played phenomenal last night. But I need more. Um Then you also, like I said, you had Jim Bill out there. He didn't shoot particularly well, but he did what he was supposed to. Um Josh Poe put some lineups out there with Victor He played Victor Oladipo a lot this game. Um, He did not play Duncan Robinson. Victor Oladipo and Jimmy Butler, though they shot poorly, did a good job. Only because they kept attacking the paint and getting to the um, teeth of the defense, which is ideal because the Sixers don't have a big man. You're drawing everybody inside. Yes, they didn't they didn't shoot, they didn't finish well this game, but they're not it's not gonna continue to go like that. They're gonna step it up. Those layups start falling, some of those shots start falling, it's a wrap because they can get to that paint at ease. They can get to that paint when they want to. Um Yeah, but outside of that, like Coach Spow just is just easily out coached Doc. Uh, they tried to, Doc tried to go to a zone for a little bit, and Coach Spo just coached him right out of the zone. Uh, at first, the zone looked good, the zone was working. Coach Spo made some adjustments, and then that didn't work anymore. You see Coach Spo going with more slashing type lineups, which I can understand because he's like, Hey, they don't got a big man, go out there and attack. He's not trying to have them settle for threes. He's not trying to have them do anything like that. He wants them to get in the paint and attack. And I respect that game plan. And as long as Embiid's out and Harden wants to play passive, the Heat might just sweep them. I don't know when Embiid will be back, but I don't expect the 76ers to have a single game won until Embiid gets back. Unless Harden goes out there and just has a flashback Friday type game. If not, this is gonna be a disappointing series, and I wanted a more exciting series. After watching tonight, or I keep saying tonight, like it's not four in the morning. After watching last night, um, I don't know. It doesn't look like this series gonna be as interesting as I thought it would because Embiid's missing. So let's go ahead and jump into the next game. Uh, we have Mavericks Suns. Mavericks Suns. This one was pretty interesting. Um the the mavericks learned pretty quickly that this isn't Rudy Gobert in the paint anymore this isn't these aren't the same perimeter defenders and i said that these aren't the same perimeter defenders you saw they tried to go they even tried they tried to run the lineup with maxi kleber out there and run that five out small ball and that doesn't work against this team Because one, again, the perimeter defenders, you don't have Donovan. You can't just walk past Donovan Mitchell and then you're like, oh, an easy layup. So Rudy Gobert has to help. You're going past Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Devin Booker has stepped up as a defender. and You're going against them. And it's like, hold up. I'm not getting to walk past them in an ISO situation. I can't just get past them easily. He's like, nah, you're playing defenders now. You're playing defenders now. It's not the same thing. And when you go to that small ball, DeAndre Jordan, uh, not DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Ayton is going to make you pay. DeAndre Ayton had 25. He was the leading scorer for the Suns tonight. And DeAndre Ayton is like, hey, they're going to small ball. Give me this ball, and I'm going to cook them. And that's what you have to do. And that's what I've always been preaching about Rudy Gobert. I was like, it wouldn't be a problem if Rudy Gobert could score. If Rudy Gobert could score, we wouldn't have a problem. If he didn't have brick hands and he could score, we wouldn't have a problem. Like, be like hey, they're going small ball against you, Rudy. They're not going to hit every three. Hey, they're going small ball. All right, bet. Every play down the floor, you post up. We're going to throw it down to you, and you're going to either dunk it on that little small man, or you're going to wait for the double, kick it out, and then we get an open three. Those are the options. You take advantage of that mismatch. I need you to take advantage of that mismatch. And if you can do that, small ball can literally get ran out the gym. Small ball literally gets ran out the gym and because rudy gobert is not a people try to make it seem like rudy gobert is not mobile at all rudy gobert can move his feet pretty decently on the perimeter but there's a difference between moving your feet a little bit for like eight of the seconds on the shot clock for a quick switch and you've got to guard them for a little possession versus guard like getting a switch and guarding them the entire shot clock basically or Having them on, yeah, like, like I said, having them on the perimeter on the entire shot clock, like, all right, what you got to do that, and the Suns are a well oral machine. Like there were so many times where you would see Rudy Gobert rotate and then nobody from the Jazz rotate to his man, and that's what you need to happen. Like we saw, like I was talking about in the Boston game, those times where you saw Rob Williams rotate down. And the wingman didn't rotate to the corner. And I was, I'll talk about that last play when Marcus Smart was yelling, like, yo, we got to have these rotations. We got to be a well oiled machine. You got to rotate. And that's what the Suns did. They're like, hey, if you try to do this, we're going to rotate. And then it's like, oh, well, this guy's not open no more. And then on Luca, we're going to play drop coverage and make you score. And Luca's like, okay, I'm going to go get 45. And they're like, Okay, that's fine. If you go get 45, what's the rest of your team going to do? They're like, oh, you thought Jalen Brunson was about to come out here and cook us? No, we're clamping that up. We're clamping. We're gonna, He's going to have way more shots than point. you he going he to shoot for six for 16 and have 13 points? We can buy in on that. We can buy in on that. Spencer Dinwiddie is only going to have eight points. Yeah, we we can work with that. We can work with that. The, your next best score is Maxi Cleaver coming off the bench and having 19, but none of your ball handlers, your primary other primary scorers, are gonna score. Yeah, we can rock with that. We can rock with it. as the Suns. Um, I think they're definitely happy with that. I think they want the they want to cut the Mavs threes down a little bit, but other than that, I think they're gonna stick with this game plan to where they're like, "Hey, Luca, you can go get 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 points for all week here. You're losing this game because the rest of your team isn't doing it. We're not allowing the rest of your team to go out there and score. We're going to allow, you, I mean, we, we obviously know we can't stop you. We're just going to try to contain you and be like, hey, you can score all you want, but there's nothing else that's going to be done about it. Like, you can score all you want, and that's fine. But the rest of your teammates aren't going to score, and we're just going to match you point for point. You come out here and hit a two. We have Devin Booker, we have Chris Paul. We have other players that are going to step up, and we're going, to, we're going to use our whole team. We're going to make you only use you, and we're not going to let anybody get a rhythm, and it's just going to be very uncomfortable. I'm interested to see how the Mavericks bounce back from this one. Um, It should, it should be very interesting. I'm not sure what they really do adjustment-wise, because they just had to have the, their players step up, but it's kind of hard when you can't get a rhythm. And it's hard when they're like, hey, we're letting Luca score, but the rest of y'all have to beat us. Then, like I said, the rest of them have to step up. Jalen Brunson has to play better. Spencer Dinwiddie has to play better. The rest of these guys have to step up and be like, hey, don't disrespect us. We're nice, too. You're going to put some respect on our name. We're not just Luca and the Mavs. And we're just going to go from there. Outside of that, I really don't have that much to say about that game because I only saw the first quarter of this Dallas Mavericks game Mainly because, obviously, the game comes on at 9 o'clock for us, and it's not going to finish till like, well past midnight. And I'm like, hmm, I got to get up at 4. So I try to watch the first quarter, get a little bit of the second quarter, and then I'm like, I'll catch the rest in the post-recap, which is usually why I wake up. I wake up, um, I go back, I watch the highlights from the game, I go watch the post um, the game review like when they have the game post game interviews i go back and listen to what everybody has to say about the game see what they pulled away from it and i'm like okay okay and i just go from there that's why i don't really have much to say about this game but we're definitely tuning in for game two we're definitely going to be there for the entirety of game two but game one it was just it was just difficult so that's all we have right there i did see that JaVale McGee had a nice little play where he ripped Loka and went coast to coast. That was a, that was something trending and that was pretty funny. But anyways, this has been another episode of the Ath Geeks podcast. Always, always, always remember to respect women, but most importantly, remember to respect yourself and we out.